Welcome to the She Runs It podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole DeBoom. And Sarah Ratzloff. We are two successful female business owners who have found strength, confidence, and community through fitness. And we want to share that gift with you. Join us as we talk about what really matters to active women. We can't wait to hang out with you. Now let's get started. We're on. We're back. We're at episode five. We made it through the holidays. Well, we already made it through the holidays. podcast. It's a new year. Yeah. And the kids went back to school. That happened. They did. I know. Mine are still at my house, though going to school. Oh, oh, <laughs> ouch. Forget. Yeah, I do forget. I know. It's okay though. They're doing, they're doing so great. Honestly, we're like speaking because this is about the power of habit. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first started homeschooling, it was really, um, very difficult, mentally exhausting, taxing, um, until we got into sort of a routine and understood how everything was working. And so now we went back to school and this week was beautiful because we knew what to expect, how to do it. Like, this is totally not planned. I just want to be clear. I did not talk about <laughs> to segue into just like in what the last episode we were talking about the Jonas brothers unintentionally, but it just happened. So totally just happened. I mean, I think you're right. Like there are habits that have been formed that forced upon us, um, in 2020 in regards to schooling our children and their new habits. And at first we fought them and now they have stuck just in time for the kids to go back to in-person school soon. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So funny, but you're right. We have had to change a lot of habits in, um, in 2020. Um, However, so part of the reason that we decided to do this podcast is in the last one, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but we talked about, I think I was saying, well, we both love coffee. I love bacon. And then you don't eat bacon, which is a tragedy. And I'm sorry. (laughs) And, but you love avocado. Well, we both love avocados, but you love them even more because, you know, I actually even love fried avocados. They're really bad for you, but I love them. They're like avocado fries. Yeah. Yes. Or vegan ranch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a buzzkill every time you're like turkey. I mean, tofurkey. I'm like, what? (laughs) Well, I don't mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but. You do keep catching me off guard. I'm so so offended. (laughs) Well, but you know, I just roll like, I'm like, you want to talk about coffee and bacon and avocado? We're doing it. Let's have a whole episode about those three things. But really, when we thought about what, what those three things really stood for, they probably, you know, we thought maybe there's a bigger message behind this and we could talk about a concept that we're calling the power of habit. Yes. Really. If you look at it, avocado, bacon, coffee are the ABCs of habit. Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm stretching it here, but we should okay. let's talk about that's power. a takeaway. That is a takeaway. <laughs> Boom. Habit. Holy cow. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really interested in the topic of habit being a high performer in life, which mm-hmm. you are as well. And everyone listening, hey, if you're listening to this, yeah. we're high performers, because hey, 
who better to listen to than me and Sarah shoot the shit mm-hmm. about habits. Um, but the truth is when you create positive habits in your life, it makes you feel good. When you have negative habits in your life, you don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. And we've all hit times in our lives when those negative habits have somehow been created and then they stuck for whatever reason. We didn't catch them in time or we just, they felt good, so we kept them going. Mm-hmm. And uh, every once in a while, it's time to get rid of those negative habits and replace them with positives. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about maybe even starting with the science behind habit. What do you think? I think that's great. Well, because you've been doing some research um, for this episode, which I love. Uh, to really be able to talk about the science. So yeah, take it away, sister. Well, it's really cool. Like I would say at least five years ago, I bought this book called The Power of Habit. It's by a guy named Charles Duhigg. I think that's how you say his name. (laughs) And um, I bought it because it's a business book. It's about why Uh we do what we do in life and business, right? Mm -hmm. So it's both. But um, I was kind of in my head going, how can I get... 10 million more women to make it a habit to buy skirt sports every couple months. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that's kind of a, it's important to continue to think about business in all kinds of different ways. Absolutely. So that, and in, in your world, it's about how do I get more people to make it a habit to want to do races? That was what it Mm -hmm. used to be. Right. Right. Before they were all canceled. Right. And, And so now it's how do you get people to make it a habit to set running goals that don't involve races or Mm -hmm. find other, you know, other ways that they can include running in their life that you can support them with. Right. Well, and I think in general, just even looking, you know, with the, the book that you're talking about is exactly the type of book that I like to read all the time as well. I don't know why, but I actually find it fun and, and and interesting, but just even the study of how habit fits into every our everyday life is, it's fascinating because really our life is made up of tiny little habits, right? Yes. Every single thing you do from like, you put the toothpaste on the toothbrush and brush your teeth at the same point in the day, at the same slot in the evening after you got the kid, you know, like yeah, all these little things become habit, whether they're intentional or not. And after a long time, you don't even think about them anymore. And yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, think about the highest performance athletes in the world and the sports teams out there. I mean, if all they did was focus on habit to the point where when I was a swimmer growing up, Mm -hmm. you needed to get to a point where you didn't even have to think the gun went off. You did your race. You finished. You're like that happened because it's so ingrained the exact number of strokes, the way your feet hit the wall, the push off, how many kicks underwater, like when you breathe, that is so ingrained by habit and by practice that you don't even think about it at the end of the day. Exactly. Right. And there was at some point in your life that you never swam. Like you didn't swim. You actually had to train yourself, you know, from, from, um, never having swam to then to where you were an actual expert and, you know, had all these habits. So there is 
it's easy to think sometimes, well, I have this habit and well, I've just always done that. It's just always been that way, but it really hasn't. And as a mother of, of children, I can actually, I am visually watching, uh, training them um, with habits. So I train them to brush their teeth and floss them at the beginning. It was a fight. Oh, it was a fight. It was terrible. And now, you know, um, uh, now they just, they'll do it. Um, they'll, my son will brush it. He'll brush his teeth. He'll floss his teeth on his own, you know, and, um, but it, it took a time, um, to train them. And, and as adults, I mean, we don't, it's, we, we're not even aware of how many habits we have that actually, um, make up our, our day. Well, it's so true. And, you know, we think of habits as the things we do, right. Mm -hmm. or the coffee we go to, or the things we crave and whatever, and how we include those things in our lives. But they're also, habits are also about how the way your brain sort of reacts. It can be emotional too. Mm -hmm. Like um, Tim and I have very different parenting techniques and skills. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm much more of a nurturer and he's much more of like a disciplinarian and a more disciplined kind of person. And so whenever I see him putting down the discipline hammer on Wilder, my mind immediately goes to interject, get in there, soften the moment. Don't make create tension around this thing that in my head doesn't seem important, but that's a habit that I have developed over time. And it's not a habit that I want to continue. So I have to work hard to, you know, once you're aware of your habits, which is actually the number one thing to identifying the ones that you want to include in your life and the ones that you don't want to include is actually being aware of them. Once you're actually aware of those habits, then you can start the process of either getting rid of them or solidifying them even further, expanding on them, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Well, and I think a lot of times we only become aware of our habits when they become a pain point in our life, when they don't serve us anymore. You know, if I'm, if in those interjections in your, in Tim's parenting, there's him being upset with you after, or there's something that happens that it doesn't serve you anymore, then it's like, oh, well, I don't this doesn't work for me anymore. I want to change this habit, but it's often not until it becomes negative that we become aware that we even have it. Yeah. I think you're, you're right on. And, um, I think it might be a good point too, to talk about what are, what, what does ha- what is habit comprised of? Because at the end of the day, what happens is your brain starts to create pathways that, make these habits more comfortable, easy, more natural for you. And those pathways can be changed, but it does require work to change them. So basically, as far as there are probably many philosophies out there, but from the reading I've done, there's something that's called the habit loop. And so there's three parts to the loop and all three parts can be changed and adjusted based on what you, what your goals are. So the first thing is the cue. So the cue you see or feel or hear or smell the cue. Then you do a routine. That's the habit part. And at the end is a reward. 
So can you think of an example in your life where like there's a cue, you do a routine and there's a reward? So like I smell bacon cooking, Uh then I want to eat it. And that is the reward. (laughs) Well, maybe the cue is that you see it in the fridge Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, the bacon's in there. So the routine is that you cook it up and the reward is you feel satiated or happy, right? Tastes good. And I think, I mean, I, I'm joke because we titled this, you know, with bacon and coffee and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I have, I don't, I think, you know, this, I don't know that everyone knows, but I used to be a very heavy smoker, um, at, at, uh, one point in my life. Um, and so, there would be a cue, you know, my body would sort of cue me like, hey, it's time um, to do this. And then, um, you know, my routine would be that I would smoke. It's just even bizarre to say this now. It's been over eight years since, actually, I think it's been 10 years since I quit. Um, and then the reward was, which they've shown through research of smoking, um, a release of dopamine, right? So the Correct. reward was that my body would be like, Oh, this is great. And, um, this feels good and, and, and all of that. So I think that's more of what you're talking about this. There's the cue, then there's the routine and there's the reward. And the cue could be that you see the pack of cigarettes on the counter, or the cue could be that you finish your last bite of food and then you're like, Oh, I'm done eating. That's my cue. Now I get my cigarette. I go outside. I do my routine or whatever it was. And then you feel that happy hormone rush through your body. Right. And you're right. The cues were very, were very uh, clear. You know, when I got up in the morning and had coffee, when, um, uh, you know, if I had a drink um, after I ate, I mean, yes, the cues were, you're right. They, and, and much like you as a swimmer, you know, at some point never swam in your life. I, I wasn't born smoking. Right. right. So there was at some point in my life where it became the cues and the routines and the reward kept happening so that it became ingrained in my life. So it was an actual, it was very much a habit, uh, well, probably and, the hardest one I've had to break. And this one toes the line between an addiction So there is a line between habits and addiction. And I mean, this book actually, The Power of Habit, talks about alcoholism and Alcoholics Anonymous as the ultimate habit creation organization. Because there's a fourth thing going on with this. You have a cue, you have your routine, you have your reward. Well, once you do it enough times for it to stick... And I think with things like smoking cigarettes, which actually have like a chemical in them and drinking alcohol or doing things that are more of a chemical addiction, they stick faster, right? Whereas making, going out and making running a part of your daily routine that might take longer to stick because of the fourth part, which is the craving. So once you do it enough times to know that the reward will be there for you, you start to anticipate that the reward is coming and that makes you start to crave it. And once you start to crave something, 
then a habit really does start to stick. So there's all these studies about like, how long does it take for a habit to stick? And they're like 21 days. Well, it's not a perfect science, right? It's not exactly three weeks. It could be a year, you know, for certain things to really get a habit to stick. But I believe that a habit is going to stick once you finally trigger that craving piece. But the interesting thing is that you need to identify what the actual craving is for. Because a craving can be like a finish line. Like running might be all about the feeling you get crossing a finish line or a finish line medal. It might be like, I'm craving the the medal. There might be. Uh huh. It's a real, it is a real thing. Mm -hmm. I know. And your beautiful metal show it, but a craving, (laughs) a craving could also be like, um, escape. You may crave escape and that Mm -hmm. might be the reason why you drink or you might crave stimulation, you know? And so there's different things here that can come into play. And once you actually figure out what the craving that you're trying to, satisfy at the end of the day is, then you can work on changing that habit. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. And I want to go back to what you said, because I think that it's really powerful is there's a difference between um, habit and addiction. So can we just talk about that a little bit? So what is, what is that fine line? What's the difference? Because habits really be, they can eventually lead to addiction, but you know, is a habit something that you, you do every day? Is it a habit? Is a habit something that, you know, what's the difference between those two? You know, I I don't have, I don't have a really great answer. I feel like addictions are more chemical. Like it's all chemical because it's all Mm -hmm. about how your brain is creating pathways to get you to make decisions and do certain activities. But I feel like an addiction, you you maybe start to feel powerless to stop it, or mm-hmm. it's like you need help stopping. It's harder to stop when it's an addiction, right. I think. And you can get addicted to pretty much just about yeah. anything. And in fact, right? we throw that word around like, I'm a solitaire addict. Or, you know, I'm, I'm a Game of Thrones that. addict or whatever. Right. Right. But that's, you know, that's, we're playing with that term there, but it definitely does not have a positive connotation to be addicted mm-hmm. to something. Do you think? No, absolutely not. I don't think so at all. So, and I think, so to, to, I think what you're saying is that a habit is something that we have a lot more control over. Right. And, um, based on what you're saying with a habit loop, there's a cue, a routine, a reward, and to really get a habit ingrained to where you, you know, when you're describing swimming, it's something you don't even think about. Um, You have to do it long enough that you begin to crave it. So let's say you're changing, you want to be more hydrated, which is a huge thing. You know, we talk a lot about um, just from a health perspective, drinking more water, right? So maybe it doesn't feel good at the beginning um, to, uh, to drink more water, but it seems like the longer that you continue to do it, then at some point you begin to actually crave 
that additional water. You're like, oh, I feel dehydrated. I, I want to be drinking um, more, you know, water. You become, it becomes a habit. And then once that habit, once you get that ingrained, so the craving is there, is really then I think when habits can become powerful, right? Because they're, when you instill positive habits, um, you don't necessarily have to think about them anymore. You're just doing them. And in fact, you want to do them, which is really, I think, the place that we want want to get to is is creating those positive habits and then weeding out the negative ones that don't feel good. Well, you're so right. And it's so interesting, like with the hydration habit, for instance, the cue is easy. You put a water bottle right next to the sink and then you can even write yourself a note on the door that says, don't forget your water bottle. And you just always bring it with you everywhere you go. The cue is like the water bottle. The routine is bringing it. Right. Right. And the reward is how you feel. And you're right. Like, think about anybody, you know, who's done a sugar detox. Like we are so ramped up on sugar all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. All of us. And then the day you go off sugar, you feel horrible. But like two weeks later, you're like, oh, my God, this fruit. I've it's never tasted so good. I've never really (laughs) tasted this bell pepper before. And and then you have more sugar and you're like, it doesn't even taste that good. You know, right. it's it's kind of a really interesting one, at least uh, I think from a from a taste bud standpoint, like your mm-hmm. body knows. As, well, yeah. it sh- I think it it sheds light on the fact that um, we think our habits are who we are, right? So, oh, I love sugar. Oh, I love you know whatever it is. But really, it's our habits that have created that. And to your point, if you begin to change that habit, you actually don't want sugar. You actually don't want these things um, that aren't serving you. So you're high. And you said this to me before we even jumped on the podcast. You said, actually, our lives are made up of little habits every single day. Um, So you know, I think it's easy for us to say sometimes, oh, well, I'd, I can't have this or I'm not doing that or, um, well, my, my life isn't what I want it to be because of X, Y, and Z. But really, I mean, I think we have the power to change and be who we want to be. And that can be done one little habit at a time, right? And it takes time, yeah. It's not like you can change a habit in a week. It's, um, and you know, you said the whole, the, the, you know, kind of the cue is, well, let's put a water bottle out there. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to change a habit, but I don't do it. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter if I lay my clothes out in the morning to go for a run or if I have the, like, I can write it on my refrigerator 99 times, but if I'm not, committed to it, if it's not meaningful, if I'm not, or, or really, if I've not broken it down into small enough steps where I can make it become um, a habit that I don't even think about, um, it's going to be hard for me to overcome it, if that makes sense, right? So, sorry. um, No, it makes total sense, you know, but it also makes me think, 
you know, I guess one of the questions is, is it easier to stop a bad habit or easier to start a good habit? Maybe you could share how you actually stopped smoking because you mentioned it. Um, I think that that's a good one to start with. Like, how did you kick that one? So that is a, um, that's a funny story is what it is. Um, so I always knew I wanted to have kids. Um, and I sort of, I guess, understood that, um, I would stop smoking once I were to get pregnant or, or something along those lines. So, because I, I had tried to quit a million times before then, um, but it was sort of time to start trying to, to get pregnant. And, um, so I had actually whittled down my smoking from a pack a day. It's so embarrassing to say this, on, but it was a lot to, you know, maybe two to three a day. So there was kind of very much, I was every day and it was very painful to do so um, because, well, an interesting thought is, or an interesting thing to share was it wasn't just that I was addicted to um, the, the nicotine per se, um, but I am shy and introverted by nature and um, smoking would give me something to do. It was a way for me, especially in social interactions. Um, It was like, it was something um, that came between me and other people because I always felt awkward about what to say and how to have a conversation and things like that, which is ridiculous because here I'm on a podcast, but it's actually easier for me to do this than it is to sit in like a group with, you know, five to 10 people and somehow try to continue conversation going on. So there was this like emotional component to it as well that I was having to learn to overcome. Um, And so I had agreed to, um, I had agreed to quit smoking. We had actually gone on a cruise and um, I I was supposed to stop smoking as soon as we came back, but I had actually stashed a pack at my office um, because I didn't really actually intend to quit. And, um, but so I left. So the day that I was supposed to quit smoking, I left my house and I wasn't, I don't know, like two blocks away from my house when I actually light a cigarette and again, it feels wrong to like to talk about this on this podcast, but this is a true story. So I'm just going to share about it. Um, and so I'm sitting at a stoplight and as I'm sitting there, um, you know, window is rolled down. I'm just, you know, un- unabashedly smoking away, even though I had promised I was quitting that day. And um, a giant like f-350 truck runs a a stoplight in front of me and t-bones a car and the guy in the truck comes directly at my car he happens to turn his wheel enough so that he misses me sitting in the driver's side and goes about i don't know six to 12 inches behind me and hits my um the gas tank instead right so my life has just been spared um And it was scary and traumatic and and all of this. And now I have to, I have to call um, my, my wife to say, 
you got to come pick me up. I obviously smell like cigarettes. So I'm trying to like get all that done. But I was, I felt like it was a sign and I had to stop. So I actually called my office mate at the time. And I said, I need you to get this bag of cigarettes. I need you to throw it away, get rid of it. I'm never touching these again. Um, And I literally felt like it was a sign that you have, like you almost died, Sarah. And so um, that was when I actually stopped. <laughs> that was like that was your last ago. cigarette, mm-hmm. the one in the car seconds while you were being t-boned. Yes. Oh my yes. god! It was. It was. And I, um, I, I'm. I think I. I think you know if I had gotten pregnant, I would have stopped for sure. But it just it was such a sign to me, and it was such a powerful addiction and habit, um, that it took something that dramatic for me to be able to, to stop. Um, so, and it, it's, that's a funny story sometimes too. So Sarah, that is incredible, but it is right? such a, that's such a, it's a really, I'm glad that guy hit you. <laughs> you, I th- you will I not be here as long I if you I kept smoking. Yes, exactly. Well, and it, it, um, as I change, I had to change my habits. I had to stop doing because I was so committed to changing that one habit. I actually had to change a, a number of other things. I, I really struggled to drink coffee in the morning. I stopped drinking altogether because the two were so tied together for me. Um, I had to change a multitude of other habits to support that one big habit change um, and it took a long time to do it, you know, and, and I think that's something to consider is that it took, I, I mean, that was a habit that was what tended to 12 years in the making. So it doesn't go away right away. So I think if you're trying to change um, a negative habit and a, a habit about eating, a habit about, um, you know, how you are, to your point, how you are with your family or parenting styles, it's so we want that immediate relief, uh, that immediate change, without realizing. And we we have another podcast coming up called "The Power of Persistence," right? And this idea of just sh- continuing to show up, right? Where you have you want to change something in your life, and you expect it to change without realizing. If it took you a year to build it, it may take that much time to to get it away. And it's the beginning part that's so hard to change. Once you get through those first few weeks, then you really can have these habits, I think, that are ingrained and and become instilled in your psyche and your being. And it's something that you just do naturally, you know? Well, you're right. And I do think there is a form of discipline that has to come and it's a bit painful and there's discomfort in the beginning. And you think about new year's resolutions, you know, our, right. our, uh, our conversation about goals and mantras and stuff. I mean, they often fail because people don't stick with them when it gets painful and when it's not comfortable, but the yeah. longer you stick with them, you can tweak these little cues. You can tweak your routines. You can tweak the reward until you are just as satisfied as you yes. were before. And that's really the trick. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to feel like you failed if you don't meet if you want to change something or there's a goal 
and oh, well, I just don't have enough willpower. Oh, I just don't have enough whatever it is. But maybe it's that you're, you need to break down the habit even further, right? So let's say you want to lose weight. The habit to change is not necessarily, oh, well, let me put less food in my mouth, right? Because there may be a million cues and habits, just like with the smoking, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just stop putting that in your mouth. It was change the other things that were supporting that habit. So if you want to lose weight, drink more water first. That's the first habit that you need. Right. And then can I eat more vegetables? Can I, it's not, you haven't failed. It's that you need these, the, the has to be broken down in ways that are, can be implemented into your daily life where they become natural, you know, right. You're doing the hat you're doing, you have the habits that support the overall goal and habit that you want to obtain. Well, and that's the point. I think the goal piece. So maybe sometimes changing a habit might mean making a goal that's totally different. So if you want to lose weight, maybe your goal is to do a marathon or a trek across you know, your state or do something that's going to require you to be healthy and strong to do it. And Mm -hmm. then as you've set that goal, some of these other habits, like you can't be a cigarette smoker and do a marathon. I mean, you can probably in Europe. Yeah. You might've done one too. Um, but (laughs) for the most part, like you're gonna find that you've got to release some of these other habits that are going to hold you back from reaching a goal. But it, yes. it is interesting because there are certain things like there's the concept of guilty pleasures mm-hmm. and I love guilty pleasures and that's coffee and bacon and avocado, right? Maybe not avocado. Avocado is like good for you, I think. <laughs> Fried avocado sticks. <laughs> you might love those in ranch, real ranch. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's these guilty pleasures in our lives too. And we what we need to do is not make ourselves feel guilty by partaking in the occasional guilty pleasure, you know, exactly, and that having a a cheat day or whatever is not going to break your habit unless you let it, unless you decide, okay, I'm going to, I've broken everything. So I'm just going to let my brain rework its pathways to the dark side again, you know, like get back on the train. But when you have a habit that's ingrained, it, a cheat day, doesn't break it, right? You know, it doesn't because you're and you're already doing the behaviors that you want to do. You are you and you've if you've ingrained it enough, you're craving vegetables, you're craving the fruits, you're craving the foods that your body should be having. True. You're um, craving the way your body feels, you're exactly. craving how well you sleep because yeah. you ate well, like you're craving self-satisfaction, you know? Yes. Yes. And I, and I do think it's important too, that we look at how some of these habits, um, serve us emotionally. So, um, over the last year or so, I've learned a lot about, um, numbing behaviors, those sorts of things that, um, we've learned, whether it's through our childhood or even our adulthood, we don't like the way we feel right. Um, And 
emotionally, there's like a hole or, and it's, it's actually, I've been noticing this a lot more now that I've come to understand them. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I don't know what I was feeling, but it felt weird and I didn't like it. And so I'll cover it up with something um, rather than being able to experience the emotion. Again, I don't know what it is. I can't quite name it, but I know it feels, maybe it doesn't even feel bad. It just feels uncomfortable. And so um, I'll, I'll be like, oh, well, let me just go eat some food, right? Because that will numb that will numb whatever feeling I was having. Or um, I've noticed that more now with um, wine for me um, during the pandemic and sort of being overloaded and all that. Okay, I have these feelings. I don't know what to do with them. Let me numb them with something else. Um, So I think we sometimes build habits where we don't even realize that we're doing that to numb some of what we're feeling emotionally, you know, so I think it's, it's good to sit with, if there's a habit that you want to change, sit with it, right? It's, you don't have to go to, we're all action, we're action women, right? Like, let's make a plan and let's do this and let's, and it's like, okay, what's really happening though? Because then a lot of times we make the plan without fully understanding what created the habit in the first place. And then we're trying to solve for something that we're going to fail at. And then we feel crappy about ourselves at the end of the day, like, we need to give ourselves the time to sit with it and say, what, what am I feeling? What, why don't I like this habit? What is it? What does this habit serve? You know, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever, what, what's the craving that I have that, or the cue that covers it up. And then, um, so why do I have, you know, what's the why, what's the why behind why you have that habit? And, um, and then, you know, try to work it out and, and fix it rather than just thinking, oh, I'm lazy, I'm a slob, I'm fat, I'm whatever, you know, terrible things we tell ourselves inside. Like, we're not that thing, you know, we're, we're none of that, but um, maybe we can figure out why, our, why, what, why have we created what we've created, you know, as our life. You're right. And, you know, I believe truly that the more we can share the things that we're feeling negative about, if we're talking about the bad habits, the, you know, the way our path has, has rolled along, the more we can share that, the more we realize we're not alone. And then we can draw from other people's experiences. And I mean, the Zuma community, the skirt community, the Mm -hmm. most inclusive, positive, supportive communities I've ever been around. And, you know, you need to find a safe place where you can put yourself out there because that negative head talk is what holds us back from making positive change. Yes, I, I agree completely. And a lot of our challenges are built around that is like right now um, we're in the middle of the love run challenge, which is um, a run streak. So 45 days you run or walk um, 15 minutes or a mile at the very least. Right. Um, and as a, as a way to, um, to begin to ingrain habits you know, a, a positive habit of moving. And we do it at the beginning of the year because everyone wants to set their New Year's resolutions. And then before you know it, you know, there are there's a group of women who are all getting out there. I swear half of the reason that Zuma challenges are effective is is like peer pressure guilt. Because <laughs> you go in the groups and you're like, oh, that person 
they ran today. So I should probably get out, you know, but it, whatever it takes, you know, you commit daily to um, just a little bit of something. And before you know it, um, something has changed and you're on a path to positivity. So anyways, I digress. I get excited about our Zuma challenges, but yes, you're right. Having a community to support you, I think is a huge piece in wanting to change, um, you know, to change a habit. So well, let's just say that we have all, in addition to being masters of change, thanks to 2020, are all masters of habit change because it forced us to change a lot of things about our daily lives and the bigger picture. Um, and yeah. whether you know it or not, if you do, like you said, if you can find it within yourself to sit with some of these habits that you would like to either build upon or decrease, um, figure out what the craving is. What are you really right. seeking? Because right. once we figure out what we're really seeking from all the coffee and the bacon and the avocados and the cigarettes and the alcohol and the wine and the, you know, and the running and mm -hmm. whatever else it is, once you figure out what you're really seeking, then you can make the, the steps to change it or blow it up and make it bigger. I love it. I, you know what I think an important question to ask too is, do I want to make the change? Not do other people think I should change? Do other people think this habit? But do I want it? Because I think that at the end of the day is your biggest motivator. When you want it, you can then it does become powerful. Then you're willing to commit. And if you don't want it, that's okay as well, but to really be successful in changing or to your point, blowing out some of these habits, you have to make sure it's something you want, um, as well, you know? Well, then let's just get back to this. We are all craving to look and feel good in our bodies and the clothing we put on them helps us do that. So I'm going to say that <laughs> creating a habit to keep yourself updated on the best athletic wear in the market is a good habit to make in 2021. So you can go after all of your dreams and feel good every day. What do you think, Sarah? I think that is great, especially if we are talking about skirt sports. That's the only thing we're which talking about. Which is about, about our, our, <laughs> new, our store is about to relaunch again, which is so exciting. So I agree. Let's make that a habit too. Awesome. And you out. cannot make it a habit if it's not available. But um, <laughs> if you are listening to this, then hopefully you are on the Zuma or Skirt Sports email list. And if you aren't, get on there right now, zoomarun.com or skirtsports.com and sign up for the emails because Sarah is going to push enter very soon. And uh, you're going to see all kinds of really cool stuff because the spring 21 line is just yeah. about to land. Oh, and it is amazing. It's so cute. Well, you know, you tried them on already. You've been checking them out and making sure they fit right. You know, it's interesting. This is the end of the transition seasons. I mean, yeah. I, I worked hard on the spring 21 line last year at this time, basically. And yeah. we stopped it because skirt sports was, you know, in a transition. And so you kind of picked it up and ran with it. And, um, it's coming to fruition in kind of a really cool hybrid model. Like it's got both of our, 
um, I don't know, both of our creative touches. So I think it's really cool. And everybody listening needs to at least see it. I mean, come on. But once, once you start reading the reviews, it's all over. This stuff does make you feel good. It does. It's a it drug. Does. I love it's it. It's an addiction. Let's go all the way back. Let's get real. Yeah. The only addiction that we're approving of is the skirt sports <laughs> addiction. That's that is on the list of approved things. <laughs> I approve. Right. Awesome. So what do you think, Sarah? Do you think it's time for the takeaways? Yeah, I'm you know, it's funny because I normally have some solid takeaways. Um and I don't have any of them written down. Um, so maybe, do you have a takeaway? Um, I do have maybe one takeaway, which okay. would be if you are looking to stop a bad habit, one strategy would be to try to replace it with a good habit instead of leaving like a big gaping hole in your life. So that could be one thing. So I like boom. that one. Mm-hmm. I think that makes, so it's not just that you're, like you said, if you put together a goal to, you want to, you want to run a race or you want to do something and that requires you to stop one of the habits that you have, that that is a really positive um, and proven way to help Yes. Uh, put a new habit into place. Definitely. Um, I think another takeaway that I would note on here is that our lives are made up of little micro habits. So take the time to think about your life in that way, which would lead me to the third takeaway, which is our big habits are also made up of little micro habits. So to change the big ones, sometimes you have to look at the little ones. Um, And then also that sometimes our habits serve to cover up, numb, or somehow make us feel better emotionally. And that's different for everyone, but it's an important thing to unpack as you look at how you want to instill the power of habit in your life. And um, you know, how you want to go about your daily life. So very well said, I'm going to add something at the end here, which is stick with it because habits don't form in one day for most human beings. It takes time to create that loop and create that craving that's going to trigger it all. And if it's not working, you know, I want to include a meditation practice in my life. Well, I meditate like twice a month, like it's not working. So I, you need to think about doing something, changing one part of it, either change the cue, change the routine or change the reward and play around with that habit loop until you find one that sticks and works for you. So stick with it and play around with it. Sometimes it takes time. And Nicole, we are talking about in one of our next podcasts, not the next one, but I think two from here, um, the power of persistence and how to keep showing up. So I think if you can check us out on that episode as well, because it really um, will back up um, 
what we're talking about here with habits, right? It's you got that, it. showing up, be persistent. So we'll see you on that episode as well. Um, I feel like today was a little bit, um, it crossed the therapy line a teeny bit. Thanks for sharing your smoking story. Like, you know, everything is so much deeper. And all we're trying to do is share with you some thoughts and ways that can make your life a little bit better, make you feel better about yourself, make you happier. And if you've got one thing out of today that you can work on, to make yourself a little bit better than we're happy. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, uh, we'd love for you to leave us a review and five stars and subscribe <laughs> so that you will get all of the latest episodes um, as they pop up. We are trying to publish this weekly. So far, we've been knocking it out, but we'll see if the power of the power of our podcast habit will continue. Perfect. So we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us. Over and out. She runs it. Audio jump.